Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And joining us returning once again to the ooh, podcast ooh, ooh. is our our Marvel and comic book expert coming all the way from comicbook.com. Please welcome back, Jamie Jurak. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be back. I like that we did a less of a gap between my second and third time on than the first and second. Without a doubt, we are so thrilled to have you back, and we're going to get this out of the way now for the listeners. Uh, this episode is all about WandaVision, so if you haven't watched it, uh, you know, the, the season finale isn't out yet. That's why we're doing this, because we're going to make predictions, but if you haven't watched it, spoilers are abound, so you've been warned. You've yes. been warned. So, you've been uh, warned. Yeah, so we're going to, we, we brought Jamie back on because she is, to say that she loves WandaVision is an understatement. So if you follow her on Twitter, which you should, at Jamie Cinematics, uh, you see all the cool stuff that she's got. She's she's definitely, I just, Jamie posts something, I'm like, I like this, because she's just, she's in it. She's into the stuff. She's got cool takes, hot takes. You should check them out. So, and she's also, go ahead, Justin. I was going to say, if you're watching on Twitch right now, you're seeing all of this. But if you're listening to the podcast, pop over to YouTube and you can check out the uh, the recording, the video recording that we posted up there. She's got Elizabeth Olsen in the back. She's got her WandaVision shirt on. She's got her coffee mug. It is WandaVision up and down. That's right. All day, uh, every I, day. I have now have WandaVision shirts because people, like I bought some, but people, it was my birthday recently. So people just kept sending me stuff, but this has not been debuted yet. So this sweater is uh, is a uh, is just for you guys. The it's first time I'm showing <laughs> I also love the shirt that uh, I, I saw on your, that you posted that was like the, the Agatha all along shirt that you had, which was phenomenal. I was like, yes, yeah. this is a perfect, this is a wonderful photo. That was from Etsy. If you want some good WandaVision stuff, check Etsy. Um, and like you're supporting a lot of like small businesses and stuff, which uh, is nice. So I definitely recommend checking, just searching WandaVision on Etsy if you want some cool stuff to buy. Yeah, that's really oh, cool. Yeah. All right, before we get into it, let's get through a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first things first, if you don't already, please be sure to check us out on Spotify. Just head on over, search for us there. We are in other places like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, other things. Verbal. I mean, we, we, we keep getting notifications. It's like, hey, claim your podcast space on this website. It's like, okay, I guess. Okay. I mean, we, we had a big upshoot in India for a while, so thank you all. That was cool. Um, thank you, India. 
Yeah, right on. So uh, be sure to uh, follow us on Spotify and other places. Also, come check out our Discord server. Come join the community, the MindGap community. It's a silly community. Uh, we, we talk about a lot of nerd stuff, post a lot of ridiculous memes. We set up gaming sessions, D&D stuff. So come check us out. If you want to do that, head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Uh, the bottom of our uh, little bio, you'll see a little Discord button. Just click that. They'll bring you right over to the to the to the server. You can play it with us. We play a lot of Overwatch. Uh, we're playing Left 4 Dead 2, all sorts of stuff. So come hang out with us there. It's great. It's awesome. Next, check us out for merch on Redbubble because Redbubble's the best. And Teespring can eat a giant bag of dicks. Uh, but Redbubble's awesome. Uh, head over to Redbubble.com. Just search for Mind Gap. We've got a whole bunch of cool stuff over there. Uh, get something cool. Support the podcast. We'll love you. And also, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, I do a video game stream. Uh, last weekend, I did uh, Outer Wilds, which was a gift that was given to me by my good friend Eric of the D&D, the fantasy board game uh, sessions. You may know him. And he is, his, one, his one request was, don't read anything about it and don't play it before you stream. I honored that request and I was met with some horrific situations that happened. Um, I posted a few clips, but one of them, I was just in the middle of reading something. I was just going through a journal, and in the distance, uh, the sun exploded, and I died uh, unexpectedly. And uh, yeah, it was just like, what the fuck is this game? But very interesting, very fun. Come check us out Saturday nights, twitch.tv slash podcast. We'd love to have you there and hang out. And one last thing, I want to give a special shout out. Special shout out to a fan, a fan of the podcast, a friend of the Discord, uh, Mr. Wolfslore. I want to say thank you, my friend. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for always being positive. Thank you for always checking in. Uh, you're a wonderful human, and we appreciate you. And we're, we're glad that you're part of our world. So thank you so much, sir. Thank you for being a part of MindGap Podcast. So you might say thank you for being a friend. Travel up and down the road again. Listen, no, I doubt on you. Listen, that's fair. I didn't really go to church growing up. I may be a funny Christian, but I don't remember that Bible verse. Okay, so keep it to that's yourself. Fair. What are you taking wow. a picture of? I, I'm. Don't worry about it. There was episode of Wandavision did have a slight uh, Golden Girls Easter egg. Thank you. <laughs> See, uh, Doug, I'm cultured. Listen. <laughs> I couldn't read that book, all right? The, I don't know what I'm saying. I got nothing. My bits failed. It died. It's all good. I was like, I, I was going to double down. I was going to double down on the on the Bible bit, but I'm like, nah, it's not going anywhere. Uh, so anyway, um, so let's now turn our attention to Jamie. Jamie, first of all, how you been? What have you been up to since the last time you were here? Wow. Well, the last time I was here, I was living in my aunt's basement in New Jersey, and uh, I've moved on up in the world. I am now living in L.A. Um, I finally have all my stuff back. Um, uh, L.A. is great, I think. I don't know. I never leave my bedroom. Uh, I don't know if you knew, but there's a pandemic going on. Um, it's so like I'm happy to be here, but it sucks because I like I have so many friends here that I haven't seen yet. And uh, but it seems like we're like light at the end of tun the tunneling it. Um, uh, other than that, literally my whole life is WandaVision. Uh, there's nothing else in my life to talk about except uh, for this television program. And that's, uh, I don't mind. So yeah. how sad are you going to be after this, after Thursday at midnight or Friday at midnight? I don't know well, how I'm, that works. 
certainly going to be sad. Um, it, it, it softens the blow that we're getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier like pretty immediately. That's that also very true. And even though like WandaVision was truly made for me and I can get into that why later, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's not quite like this is a Jamie Girac program, but um, Captain America Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie. So I think because of that, it's gonna, I'm gonna love it because it's, you know, that same kind of style. Yeah. Um, but I, But one nice thing was I have a tattoo rule and you can't get a TV show tattoo until the show is over. Um, but I don't really have to wait because one division's already going to be over. So I can't wait to, by the end of this year, I will have a one. Oh my gosh. We'll have to have you back on to reveal it because I can't wait to see. you got so many cool tattoos anyway. You've got like a Death Star or some shit on you, don't you? Or what um, do you have? No, I have, um, I have Bespin. Ah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, I do have four Star Wars tattoos. <clears throat> yes. Um, but, but no Death Star. What's that's your cool. favorite TV show tattoo that you have? In TV show specifically? Yes. Um. Well, I, uh, I have two that are, I'm torn between, so I'm going to say them both. I've got a giant uh, BB Newirth from Cheers. Um. It's really big. It's really ridiculous. And I met her, and she was so nice about it. Um. But over the summer, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended, I got an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tattoo to commemorate. Okay. Um. And I really like the way that one turned out. Nice. Um. So those are my two favorite TV tattoos. But I definitely, I have 21 tattoos and all but two of them are movie or TV related. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I the theme. I nice. love it. Uh, by the way, uh, Jared, our uh, super fan from Australia said, don't be sad, Jamie. Once WandaVision ends, you can just rewatch Superman Returns to tide you over. There's your one, Jared. Hope That's it was worth one, it. Buddy. <laughs> one more. Uh, and you were banned. Does uh, he remember that I've never seen it, so it wouldn't be a rewatch as much as a first watch. Um... <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jared also says he's currently watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Any <laughs> as he's hands up, super pumped. I know that's one of your favorite shows. Yes, it is. And I um, I told you guys earlier, but now I'll tell the people watching, listening. This um, I have a thing behind me here that's an actual set piece from the fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, if you watch season four, you can see it in the background in the Hydra Triskelion, and now it lives in my podcast background. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a wonderful thing to have as your background. That's so cool. I love it. So let's talk about WandaVision. I have to say, um, I think... When I was watching this, uh, I was when I watched first episode of WandaVision, I thought of you, Jamie, because when you said that this show was made for you, I was like, without a doubt, this was made for Jamie. And as I watched each episode, I was like, man, Jamie has got to be loving this right now. Like, it's just such a love letter to sitcoms throughout the decades. And, you know, I haven't followed TV as much uh, growing up. Like, Jill would always reference shows from the 80s and 90s and I was like I never watched that she's like what the hell were you doing I was like I don't know I don't know but I was like I didn't watch uh uh the wonder years I didn't watch uh who's the boss uh Charles in charge I mean oddly enough I would watch with my mom I'd watch uh TV land and we'd watch uh I'd watch a little bit of I dream of genie uh Mr. Ed Green Acres um, stuff like that. So I, so some of these earlier ones, I was very much like, oh yeah, I remember. You know, I kind of get this vibe. But as I moved along, like I wasn't as attached to it because I just I'm not as much of a TV watcher. But I was, I was like, I'm sure Jamie is just absolutely just loving this. Uh, what was your reaction as you were going through those first few episodes? I 
there are so many factors um, about why it's like the Jamie Jurek show. I mean, first of all, yes, Scarlet, which is my favorite Marvel character. Elizabeth Olsen is my favorite actress. So like, we that's enough right there. But um, of all the MCU characters that have ever existed, the one I relate to the most is Darcy Lewis. So the fact that they brought her back for this was like another point in the Jamie column. I'm obsessed with Katherine Hahn, because who wouldn't be? Um, so once they announced her in the cast, I'm like, are you friggin' kidding me with this? Are you serious? And then they keep sprinkling in the fact that like X-Men, the first, my first, the X-Men movie was the first introduction, my first introduction to Marvel. And so I love the X-Men movies. And the fact that we got Evan Peters instead of Aaron Teller Johnson, another, that was for Jamie move. <laughs> uh, it's, just like, it's just one after another. It's insane. But, but, but sitcoms, especially I'm doing another podcast that I'll plug right now. It's called Hollywood already did it. And we go through WandaVision just from a sitcom perspective. We don't talk about Marvel stuff or theories. It's just sitcom history. And um, so, uh, and I, I've, I grew up on television like that. Um, the, I'm a, I can say, I always say I'm a Brady Bunch scholar. The nonsense <laughs> I know about the Brady Bunch fill a lot of books. Uh, and the fact that like episode three, the whole house looked like that. She had the Kitty Carry All doll, or Vision did, and then she watched the Kitty Carry All doll. This latest episode, watching her watch the episodes was really cool to connect it all together. Uh, but yeah, it's the sitcom history. There's it's it's rich and it's been interesting to see what they picked. I had a lot of theories about which shows they would do, and I was wrong oh, most of them. <laughs> I I felt the same though because I was wondering too, like how I was trying to I was counting the episodes and the decades, and I'm like, if they're just doing the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I'm like they're gonna run out of they're gonna run out of decades. So I I couldn't figure out where they were gonna go with it and how they've specifically tied in uh the uh the 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 sitcoms from from decades for what reason and then also um you know offset that with stuff from like the real world i thought i thought it was just brilliant the choices they made in that regard yeah i'm still disappointed they kind of skipped the 90s i mean we got sprinkles of the 90s in there but especially since like we thought it was going to be the halloween episode and 90s sitcoms ranged when it came to the halloween so that was like my only real disappointment is we got a little sprinkle full house, a couple other things, but for the most part, we didn't get any 90 shows. So, but did you not think that the, uh, did you think that the, the, the Halloween episode was kind of like, instead of being one specific show, they kind of took like an amalgamation of all the Halloween episodes of a 90s sitcom, or was it not sitcom enough and dealt too much with the real world? Neither. I think that the Halloween episode was 100% pure Malcolm in the Middle. And okay. that started in the year 2000. I mean, uh, there, oh. I mean, there oh, were. Oh, interesting. I just, asso yeah. I just associate that with the 90s. <laughs> I did yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, it started in the 2000s. So it's like, and that's why like it feels a little oh. 90s-esque. And then in the marquee, they have um, The Parent Trap, which came out in 1998. But they also had The Incredibles, which came out in 2004. So they were definitely like blending stuff hmm. but i think that those two movie choices had more to do with the themes of those specific movies than the, the years that they came out that is wild because i because i was a junior in high school when malcolm in the middle came out but i could have i i would have sworn that that came out when i was like in junior high and that i was catching it here and there wow yeah that came out way later than i thought yeah <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, 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 it's interesting because it's the same thing where um, 
the 50s episode was mostly Dick Van Dyke, but Dick Van Dyke started in the 60s. So it's That's like true. there's each one has had crossings, but I think that the, the decade that was most left out was the 90s. I love this. Uh, Slotty says, this is like reading all the articles about WandaVision. My newsfeed keeps trying to get me to read, but only a thousand times better. <laughs> to be honest, I probably wrote like half those articles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because when this initially, well, first of all, leading up to this, I was so curious about WandaVision because it seemed so different from anything else. And um, Marvel for me has earned a reputation to a point where I'm like, hey, look, I'll take a chance. Like, they haven't really messed up anything to this point. And I was like, I appreciate that. They're like, let's see what we can do. And just watching the trailer, I'm like, God, this is weird. Um, and then honestly, watching the first two episodes, I was kind of underwhelmed. But I was also told myself, I'm not going to judge it based on these first two episodes. I want to judge the series or the season as a whole, because it felt like watching an old school sitcom with. But the thing that always was great was there was those defining moments to me that were very sinister that immediately like it, sh it was like it even for a few seconds like the first episode where the guy's choking and she's like you know vision help him or the second episode when the guy comes out of the sewer and she's like no and i'm just like whoa okay something's happening here and the mystery is there i was just hoping it wasn't gonna be like a lost situation where we're gonna have a bunch of mysteries and are we gonna solve them are we really gonna find out the smoke monsters this ridiculous thing and there's polar bears but we don't know how they got there sort of situation but again i was like i have faith that this will happen and then by episode three you know you start you know in an episode four where it's basically kind of recaps everything i was like i i, I really enjoyed what they've done how they started heavy sitcom and then slowly transition to what's really happening and i think um it's just it's been and also they the way they break it up with those commercials too like those commercials are the goddamn best like they just you're incredible like i just i remember the first one they had like with the toaster i was like i don't really know i didn't really get it but when they did the watch and i was like strucker i was like i know that name and then the, you know it shows the hydra symbol i'm like strange I wonder what that has to do. And then I started like thinking, oh, these are all things that happen to one. I was like, I'm figuring it out, kind of. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I think I was underwhelmed. I've seen some reactions online where people are like, I don't get why people like this show. And I'm like, dude, just power through at this point. We're in episode eight. Like, just go. Just go ahead. It's really bizarre to me um, that people are, are being very impatient with this show and and just wanting to get to the big thing. And I, I think that it's, it's uh, one, I mean, television and we and i think that people have already forgotten what television is the binge model um there are certain shows that i think should be dumped all at once um but there are certain shows that it's an experience and you want to soak it in and you want to do that and i think people are forgetting that like this is what tv is and it's so it's not only a great marvel product project it's not there's so many layers but if it, it, if nothing else, it is an homage to television and what TV used to be. And and the fact that um, you get a little like, yeah, the first two, three episodes are just silly, sitcom-y. And, oh, God, do I love it. I could watch. I, I mean, <laughs> I love it when I love both extremes. Um, it's so great. And you brought up the dinner scene, so I want to drop a little fun fact. I interviewed Deborah Jo Rupp, um, uh, otherwise known as Kitty Foreman, our favorite TV mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Moms, and I told her that. Uh, uh, but she said that filming that dinner scene was like one of the most fun she's ever had. Really? Anything. 
And most of that episode was done in front of a live studio audience, except that moment. So like uh. the audience couldn't really tell what was going on. They were just like watching mm. from afar this bizarre thing. Um, but that's another cool thing that those first couple had were like in front of a live studio audience. They really went for it. And I think that's really neat. So why did she say that was so much fun? Like, if you don't mind elaborating a little bit more um, on that. She didn't really, really go into detail about it, but you could tell she, one, she really loved the fifties getting dressed fifties. She said she <laughs> always hated dressing in seventies clothes. She, she said she looks terrible in the seventies. So she liked, she thought she looked great in the fifties. Um, and I also asked her if she, it was just cause I was kind of disappointed. She wasn't in the seventies episode because we associate mm-hmm. her with that decade. And she was like, no, it's for the best. I think it would have taken people out of it to see me in the seventies in that episode. I would have made the same decision if I was the director. And I was like, Oh, she's right. She's totally Totally right. Um, yeah, uh, that makes sense. It's the same thing. It's why they didn't put Kat Dennings in her two broke girls thing. Like people wanted that. And I'm like, that we can only have so many cuts. Like the kick ass reference, that was good. That was um, that was very interesting. <laughs> I was like, huh, they're kind of uh all over the place. I was like, I thought that was pretty interesting. That was I was wait a second. What reference was that? I might have missed that one. To the movie oh, Kick Ass? Uh, in the Halloween, um, they just the, the kids say like "kick ass," and then and then um, Wanda goes "kick ass," and it's very obviously like the reference in the fact that Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson were both in that movie. Yeah, got it. Okay, it's kind of like how people wanted uh, Robert Downey Jr. to say you know "no shit Sherlock" to you know right. Doctor Strange, you know, in in oh, one of those I movies. Almost, I almost quit Marvel when that didn't happen. <laughs> I was this close to walking away. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I've liked the pacing of it and I've liked the approach to it. And Justin, you know, um, you've, you've, you've obviously been, you're a big TV guy too. What, what have you thought about the show so far? I, the same, I, uh, I really, really enjoyed, uh, how closely, how terrifyingly closely they were able to mirror the, the writing, the set design, the performances, the jokes, like Everything about those first two episodes was scary accurate. It was amazing. Um, I did. My wife jumped in, I think, episode three or four. Or I had gotten to episode three or four. And that's when she was like, all right, let me jump in. So we went back and rewatched. And she had asked me before she jumped in. She's like, what do you think of it? And I had only gotten through at that point, I think, the first two episodes. And I said, it's going to be fine. Because like, like I, was, <laughs> I, remember, I remember talking to Doug early going, you're going to have trouble because you've got to get through the first two episodes, which are basically just carbon copies of old TV sitcoms that you won't like. And I, like, I just know where your, where your interests lie. And it's not in the Dick Van Dyke show, unfortunately, yeah. because it's to me, the Dick Van Dyke show is one of the best sitcoms ever written. It's, it's probably, it's in the top five for sure. Um, it, did you know that Dick Van Dyke met with the director in the, in like, as a no, consultant? No, no shit. And they, yeah, they they had lunch um, with Dick Van Dyke and like talked to him about the show and explained it to him and he and, like and, you know he like the man's in his nineties they really had to explain it to him. Um, There's a and, robot. Uh, yeah, they, I really thought like when when Wanda in the latest episode when they pulled out that Dick Van Dyke DVD set I really thought that we were going to get a Dick Van Dyke cameo uh, that knowing that he met with him. Yeah. I really thought it was coming. Um, and so, I mean, who knows? Technic- technically, we did get a Dick Van Dyke cameo <laughs> via DVD old school form. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, but my wife asked, she's like, how, like, how is it? And I, I knew at that point I was like, 
it's going to be fine. Like they're going to, again, like Doug said, Marvel has earned, unlike DC, Marvel has earned <laughs> this trust. And you, you just know when they put something out, look, they're going to get to the good shit. Just let them build what they need to build to get to the thing that's going to fucking tear your mind apart. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be good. Even though just some of us would say that those early episodes are also the good shit. I understand what you're saying, but I just wanted to jump in and say it's absolutely. I totally know what you mean. I just absolutely. But I was, I was very curious. What I didn't understand is how they were going to like, at first I thought like, are they going to truly just do an entire season of just replicating different TV series? And I was like, how are they going to actually make this work? But the minute that they started folding in, like, again, reality, quote unquote reality, it's uh, it was it was, again, mind bogglingly well done. It was just masterful uh, in the way that they tied in the different story elements. I just I, I yeah, I, this is this is one for if you're looking to start in TV or script writing or whatever, this is a master class in how to just completely upend expectations and and do something that's not been done before which marvel consistently does stuff that's never been done before it's fucking nuts yeah yeah it's amazing yeah i think um I mean, especially, yeah go ahead that was it i was just like yeah because dc keeps dropping the ball <laughs> and i can't wait for the snyder cut this letter cut's gonna be terrible. I said it here first. Uh, and moving on, Doug. Uh, we said that last week, so uh, I can't, you're good. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm not trying to. No, I can't wait to hunker down and watch four hours of that nonsense. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I don't want to shit on people's work. I don't like doing that. But, but Justin and I, Justin and I, have been racking our brains, racking our brains, trying to figure out uh, how how this could possibly be good. And uh, I don't, I don't know. But hey. I'll try to be hopeful and optimistic, but we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm happy that people are doing what they want. They 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 worked hard to call for this, and that's very nice for them. Um, but I will be shocked. If it's good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Um, some of the things that I found interesting about this too, and the reaction is, you've seen a lot of talk about Age of Ultron uh, since this show has come out, and a lot of people are like, "Hey, Age of Ultron." Disney Plus does nothing but recommend that movie after the episode ends. I'm it's like, smart. I get it. I fucking get it. Enough. Hey, man. AI ain't dumb. All right. Right. It ain't dumb. You know, maybe. I don't know. Recommend fucking uh, the rescuers down under. Like, do something else. Give me something different. <laughs> no, this relates to that. This relates to that. Um, but uh, I, I've I've just really enjoyed um, the the deepening of that. And also, I love how people are like, hey, man can we agree that age of Ultron's not a bad movie? And then other people are like, it's only good because of WandaVision. Like people are like going back and forth. I'm like, why? <laughs> Ultron's always been one of my favorites. Um, I love that movie. And, I mean, one, it gave me Elizabeth Olsen. So I'm forever <laughs> grateful for that. Uh, but I, and James Spader as Ultron is a, for me, top tier villain. Um, uh, and, there are moments that don't quite work. I will admit that, but overall, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, I, I, I'll admit, I, I'm not saying it's better than the first Avengers, but I watch it more than the first Avengers. I think um, it's tough in, in the pantheon of Avengers movies 
you know, first of all, you've got Infinity War and Endgame, which are just, you know, those are tough to beat. The first Avengers, I think, is special because it was such something we'd never seen before. Upon going back and rewatching it, it's not as great as I remember because we've gotten so much amazing stuff that is built on top of that. Uh, like, for example, like, I can't stand Cap's suit in that in that movie. Like, I just like, God, this looks so schlocky compared to where he is now. Like, I'm, I'm saying thing. Winter Soldier is one of my favorite movies. It's like he's in this badass suit. He's like whooping ass and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, you get to Infinity War. Like, and then you go back and watch this. It's like, Jesus, he really is in a sparse but star spangly outfit, you know, punching aliens and stuff like that. But I'm obviously very nostalgic seeing that in the theater. I will never forget that. The just the uh, the community in that theater, hearing people cheer, shout. Like, I, for the longest time, I never knew that Hulk said puny God after he smashed this Loki because everyone was losing their minds as he's just whipping the shit out of him. Just this people were engaged. I was like, this is a this is a special moment. And, you know, I think Ultron was was also good. But when you compare it with everything else, I think it does. It does fall short in some areas, but it's also really great. I agree. James Spader's awesome. Uh, You get that wonderful cold open where they're just beating ass and taking names like you have that uh, incredible stuff. You get to see them like more fully real it's it's a nice step towards where we end up and plus you get vision you have that wonderful one of my favorite moments is that uh, dialogue between vision and ultron at the end where you know ultron's just like you know you're unbearably naive and just like there's just vision being like yes i know they're doomed but just because something dies doesn't mean that it's not beautiful because it doesn't last like just wonderful philosophical things which carries over to wandavision that wonderful moment the most recent episode where he defines grief, which everyone oh my god rightfully lost their minds. I don't. I want to misquote it, but he said, "What is grief except love, like continuing or enduring?" I believe or something like that. Yeah, which was just like if not love for survival. And there's yeah. been a lot of like discourse on Twitter about this, which is such bullshit. People, people. Um, first, it was like everyone loved it, and then people got mad about people loving it. We're calling, excuse me, calling it out and all this stuff. And it's like if you're really like that shitty to be like this is a bullshit line whatever it's like are you like what what have you been experienced this last year if it didn't hit you then clearly you're living a good pandemic life um how is it a bullshit line that's a fantastic line a few people but but they happen to people with a lot of followers so it just like started this whole discourse and but i would say for the most part people are pro they loved it um I think people are just like if you know if if you're not as obsessed with something that people are into, you just like get grumpy about it and yeah. and and I Guilty. and like you know I, I've been accused of um, someone asked me once, are you only allowed to say nice things on the internet? And I'm like, no, I, I just don't like I'm I'm just not about getting on and shitting on stuff. Yeah. Uh, like you know, unless it's Dark Phoenix, I'll tweet about how much garbage that movie is. All day. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm a pretty positive guest. First of all, I want to give you an award because to both you and Justin, because you both have seen that movie, so you guys, you get you get you get an award for that. So congratulations. That's time you'll never get back. Uh, it's the biggest tournament of my entire life. What? Okay, I'm just gonna real quick because nothing makes me more mad. Then Simon Kinberg, I've seen him speak in person. He seems like a nice dude. No real, like, but <laughs> they let this man, he wrote X-Men The Last Stand, 
And then a decade plus later, they thought, that movie was a failure. Who should we let retell the story? How about Simon Kinberg again? And this time, they let him direct it. I mean, that is that is like the like congrats, white men. That's your life. You fail so hard, you like do it again, like with I, benefits, you know? Exactly. Um, like first of all, a woman should have made that movie, but most of all, the fact that they let Simon Kinberg fuck it up twice—that is some privilege I will never know or understand. That's <laughs> well, not like that. He fucked up the Phoenix story twice. I mean, Jesus, like he failed miserably in the Last Stand. Last Stand, I hated that movie, and just I, it's one of those things where I'm like, do we have to do this story again? Like, let's face it, Apocalypse, not a good movie at all. And they're like, you know what we're going to do next? Phoenix. I'm like, you guys are just making the same mistakes DC is doing. You're just hopping from one giant thing to the next. Now, granted, you haven't done the world building that Marvel has, and you don't have the time to do it. But it's like, do we have to do that? Because you can't do that in two and a half hours. Like, you can't tell that story <laughs> in that short know, amount of time. Even even at its worst, like Last Stand, I th- Last Stand I think is a little more tolerable now because Days of Future Past retconned it. So it's like kind of fun to watch. But it's like, ha, Days of Future Past erased you. <laughs> I don't mind Apocalypse. Apocalypse isn't a great movie, but it's but I I rewatched it like like a month ago. It's still like it has flaws, but like I'll watch it. Um, it didn't make me viscerally angry. Like even fucking what was the recent one? New Mutants. New Mutants was not very good, but it but it also like didn't make me want to punch a wall like Dark Phoenix did. It didn't make me want to burn down Simon Kimberg's house. Just kidding. I'm not gonna do that. If it burns down, it wasn't Jamie. Hey man, wildfires <laughs> happen in in California all the time. You know. <laughs> okay, that's why like, I shouldn't say that because I do live in California. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. He knows he has it coming. All right. Hopefully, he'll take like uh uh. God damn it! What's the guy uh, director who did the Batman Forever and uh, Batman and Robin? Schulmacher. Schulmacher. I was like, I was like Silverstein. Like that's a band. That's not who it is. Uh, but like people have shouted. I'm like, you've ruined. Oh, what do we got over here? What do we got? Please tell me that I have a Batman and Robin poster. <laughs> that's right. It's one of your favorite Batman movies. I forgot. But people have shouted. I'm like, you ruined Batman. He goes, I know. Like he just owns up to it. He's like, hey, it was my, my, my interpretation of it. He's like, people didn't like it. He's like, whatever. I'm at peace. I'm at peace Yell with at that. Me like, while I'm on my yacht. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you ruined it. I know. Because the Schumacher Batmans are like even like yeah they're so dumb but they're fun and they're entertaining mm-hmm. and so many of us love them. I've had that poster on my wall since I was eleven years old, <laughs> and I and, and there's a picture of me when I was seven dressed as Poison Ivy because of that movie. There's something about that even though like for comic book fans they're terrible, but like they're still fun, entertaining historical films. Uh, X Men: The Last Stand and Dark Phoenix. And not say the same. Yeah. No. Like, you know how I am when like when movies come on like TBS at two in the morning, I'll stay up all night and I'll talk to Doug the next day. I'm like, I did it again. I stayed up and I watched. He's like, You have every streaming service that's out there. Why don't you just find it and watch it? And I'm like, there's something when it's on TBS, man. If X-Men Last Stand, that is one of like two movies that I won't watch. If it's on, I will out of spite. I'm like, fuck you, Nielsen. I'll just turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's no good. 
there's, there's a very sad photo shoot of me and my friends in high school. Oh, we, we went to the midnight showing and we had a little party before and we're all dressed in X-Men characters. We recreated the last stand poster. Like we were like 16, ready to go. We, and like, even at 16, we walked into that theater like, wow, we sure dedicated a whole day to that. <laughs> the only time I've seen that in real life is when I went to see Matrix uh, Revolutions and uh, a guy walked in in like a Neo trench coat with glasses and everything and then when the movie was over like he had his trench coat off and he like walked out with his head down like he was he felt really embarrassed I was like oh man I feel bad for you buddy sorry bud <laughs> Origins Wolverine Origins is another one that I will like man just be burned to the ground you know what? I I give I kind of put all that stuff in a category of like you know before Marvel, and I look at those as stepping stones. Like I'm not a huge fan of the first X Men movie. Looking back on yeah. it at the time, I am. It was still. it was really good. That and you know the Tobey Maguire you know Spider Man like those were elevating what already existed to the next level, which led to. You know, things like The Dark Knight, which ultimately led to things like Iron Man and everything like they were they were stepping stones to other things. So I look back at them and I was like, I respect them. I don't enjoy watching them. But, um, you know, especially that one in particular. But I can at least understand where we where we where we are now, where we've gotten to. But um, nowadays, like post Marvel, um, I'm sorry, Uh, we have to talk about what's going on in the chat now. Uh, First, first things first, I, I want to give credit to Jared uh, because he said... Uh, he, man, he committed. He knew he was in for it, and he committed. He committed to it. Um, 26 messages were deleted. Well, he said anything. What's March 21 except March 2020 enduring? Which I'm like, well played, sir. Um, and then he, then he... he mentioned Superman Returns again, and, and our moderator banned him. And deleted all of his messages. He, he timed him out for 600 seconds. So, <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> I wish I could see this. I'm not on the chat. That's so totally fine. I, it was just very funny. It was just like, uh, oh boy, there it goes. Like, uh, there, there and, and he's been timed out. So, well, uh... Well, Jared called it out, too. He said, he's he made a second reference to Superman Returns, and he even said, parentheses, I know, I did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, um... I do um, my Works Marvel podcast, uh, Phase Zero. Check us out on Twitch Friday mornings, Friday noon. Time difference is different everywhere. I don't remember what time it is. Um, it's at, it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, but, I, but that's me. I, it's not an episode if I don't mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there you listen, go. we all have our obsession. Uh, Jared, I respect it. I'm never going to watch Superman Returns, but I really respect you <laughs> The honesty, the candor—it's—it's—it's it's, it's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I look at like what Marvel has built and what they've done, I don't think it can be replicated. But at the same time, like I get mad when companies like DC try to take a shortcut. You know, they—they they didn't spend the time doing the world building; they just sped through it, and that's how we've gotten to where they are today. But that's also the beauty of what Marvel has done—is because they slow played it and they took. 11 years to build and now we're like in year 12 13 at this point of this world that we built we can get a show like wandavision which is strange unusual something we've never seen before creative yet at the same time what i've loved recently especially the most recent episode was phenomenal was we thought we knew most of you know wanda's backstory but we got to see it 
which normally I'd be like, well, we already know this, but there was something really special seeing her as a young girl watching her favorite, you know, shows, her DVDs, you know, with her family and enjoying that. You get to see that Stark missile land and it didn't go off. And what I loved is that that, you know, you start to learn. It's like, wait, you were there for two days and it didn't go off. Kind of strange, kind of strange that you were safe because that was almost like a throwaway, like kind of a throwaway line in Age of Ultron. Like, yeah, that's why we hate Stark because this bomb landed, but never went off. And you're like, now I'm sure they've they've taken that. And they're like, whoo, why didn't it go off? Is it possible that she didn't just get her stuff from the Mind Stone that maybe she's had this power all along, which I also love because I don't think they could really dabble with that because Fox owned mutants. So, you know, which speaking of having Evan Peters show up, as Pietro was just like Can such we a we talk about that for a fucking seven hours conservatively. Yes. Just like the doors were blown open oh. to the multiverse and to I the said, X-Men. Oh. I had to explain that to I our DC guy. <laughs> I just wish that they would confirm that it's actually him from the movies like we still don't know that for sure and that is my only thing if wandavision can end any which way but if they never like let us have that evan peters is a quicksilver from x-men i'm gonna be he was just tell me he was plucked from another alternate reality that's fine just tell me that and i'll be happy right oh sly says it sounds like they're gonna bail on that yeah darcy said he was recast. I don't know why you would bail on that because especially when yeah. you're going to head, you're going to head into the multiverse anyway, like with Dr. Strange, like lean into it, you know? Yeah. I'm worried that they're, that it was like, this is just a funny thing we're doing. And that, and no, you can, that right. there, there has to be an explanation. And Catherine Hahn in the last episode was kind of like your brother's dead. So this, but I wish she would have said just the words. So I took him from another multiverse. Right. Cause she world. said, she's like, he's in, another place he's far away because there's all sorts of speculation right which i think we can yeah. kind of get into a little bit too of like agatha because people have talked about because there's the reference to the nexus right in in one of the one of the commercials it's like some people were suggesting that agatha has either killed or uh, uh imprisoned the nexus guardian which is in westview and she has access to you know these other multiverses are able to draw energy from it which is you know on paper sounds insane but most marvel stuff on paper sounds insane but um the idea like i just i think that would be such a miss if you just did that just for a gag versus yeah. like which it would be unlike Marvel to do that, just to be like, ha ha! Like, it would seem so much more impactful for them to s just slowly start opening the door to all that all that world, all that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, the X-Men exist, like, <laughs> in another universe, too. A bad one, a dark one. And we'll have a better one here <laughs> soon. <laughs> I just pluck all my faves and bring them over. I would love to see. I love the cast. Let them all come back. Just do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a better job. Just do a better job. But yeah, that was I such was a wonderful moment. I mean, I love First Class. I love Days of Future Past. I don't even hate, like I said, Apocalypse. It's just... And, but you, you know, my my dark truth is, I I only seen Logan three times. Yes, it is one. It's an amazing film, but it is that is just like too bleak. Like I, I'm really sad that that was the that's like the end of of that 
phase of X-Men of the, those stories. Cause even though it's a beautiful, amazing movie, it's like everyone's dead. <laughs> okay, it's a bummer. And right. it's just, my side of that loves that. Like I love that movie. I remember actually Justin, you and I went to the theater to see that together. And, um, it was in, hands. we did, um, we did the top popcorn trick. It was great. Uh, but we, it's, which is weird because we each had our own tub of popcorn. I know. It was, it was like, do you want to have some of my popcorn? Like, no, I got yeah. my own. And it was just kind of a strange standoff where, you know, <laughs> we just had our own popcorn. That's all we did. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think we understood the bit, but we, we committed. So, yep. uh, but, you know, Logan was just, it was one of those things where I appreciated it because, and this is just me, like, I'm a big fan of the Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan's universe, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Okay, yeah, I get it. I'll take criticism Uh-oh. for that. But, Uh-oh. but what I liked about you know what DC was doing personally was, which I wish personally I wish they would have leaned to was the, the dark and grittiness of it because Marvel very bright, very happy. I was like DC, you've got a lane here that doesn't really exist. Lean into it. Just just head in that direction. Be dark. Be gritty. You know, be a little more serious. It's okay. It's fine. Um, but I kind of like that about Logan because it took it took. I don't know there's something about it that was very appealing to see some of these really powerful characters that were near their end and how they were sort of dealing with it and especially like Xavier like him losing his mind and what that means for a lot I mean super phenomenal and you make a very valid point it's just it's too dark and it's too depressing <laughs> it's, like, it's a phenomenal film I'm still pissed he was nominated for an Oscar uh, Patrick Stewart but it's like it, I just it's it doesn't bother me that that x and and wolverine died it bothers me that everyone else died off screen and we and we just never right like just knowing that the faves i grew up with since i was 10 years old are just like well uh charles got old and killed him by accident like oh it just hurts my heart but but i have nothing negative truly to say about logan it's a fantastic film I just can't watch it that much because it makes me bummed. Yeah, it's pretty bummed. And I mean, would you prefer to have seen them all die on screen as like a cold open? Or maybe you find it out later on, you get to watch as Xavier explodes their brains. That would have been I just hot. Want, like some kind, of, some kind of like travel back in time and we get them back. Like we can keep Logan and X dead because um, those men are old and they want to retire. But I just wish we could somehow bring everybody back. <laughs> Uh, well, I think Marvel. I think Marvel's set up to do that perfectly if they so choose, because you know they've got Wanda and they've got Doctor Strange. Like, if anyone can traverse the the dimensions, we can bring whomever we'd like. I think you know, WandaVision is a perfect example of this. Well, let me ask you. It. Let me ask you this, Jamie. If you were in charge, how would you bring the X Men? into this universe based on everything that's happened up to this point mutants haven't really existed or whatever like how would you introduce them into this now established established version of uh the marvel cinematic universe they're already there i mean the doctor strange movie is literally called the multiverse of madness um i mean that's it right there Uh, (laughs) you got it you nailed it um sold uh it, it would be so easy like we have a multiverse and it's madness so let's uh let's bring in those actors um i know it's wishful thinking. and and hugh jackman deserves to retire if he wants to i mean let the man like you know i get it he just wants to be in musicals and i me too you jack the only one that's gonna bring uh, him back him is ryan reynolds that's the only person who's gonna bring him back 
Ryan will get him eventually. If it's like even if it's just for like a little Deadpool sure. cameo. I mean, I mean, it sparked this whole internet feud that they, they've made a lot of money Tons. off of that feud. And made some great strides for charities, too. Really? They're like, they took that silly little feud that started because Ryan wanted Hugh in a Deadpool movie. And now it's like, for charities and for each other and their respective businesses. I wouldn't know what Aviation Gin and Laughing Man Coffee were if it wasn't for the Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we have a we have a theme song for when I don't like something or I go on a rant. It's called Doug Hates Stuff. And Sly suggests we need a music drop for when Justin simps for Ryan Reynolds because That's that happens. That's a very good point. Yeah. Can some, there's the thing. I took the time to make the Doug Hates Stuff theme song. Someone, someone else, I'm going to task anyone out there. It is wide open. Please make the Justin simps for Ryan Reynolds theme song. <laughs> Because I love that man more than I should. He does. He absolutely does. Um, no, I think you're right. I think the multiverse is going to be kind of like the 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 catalyst for this next phase of the, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I also find it interesting, too, because of the pandemic, which I find interesting. Um, at this point, I'm getting the feeling that we should have already known what sword is. Um, you know, we see it at the at yeah. the end of uh, um, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. You know, we obviously we get a glimpse of, you know, Fury up there. But I, I they're kind of just like, yeah, we're sword. And I'm like, I feel like there was something. I don't know if it was Black Widow or whatever, but it seems like there should have been another piece of this, which I thought was also interesting because at some point, Black Widow has to get released because these things have connections and you can mm -hmm. only delay them for so long before it's like, God, we have to do this or it's not going to make sense, which no one obviously anticipated. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about predictions. Um, oh, we've boy. got after the most recent episode... We got to know more about Agatha, and it was Agatha all along, as the theme song suggested, and she was obviously very um, infatuated with, with Wanda, because Wanda has this incredible power. She just talks to, which, which by the way, one of my favorite uh, parts is when she sort of like shows what she can do based on the spells that she knows, and then relays it to Wanda. She's like, and you can do this for everybody, but this is something that I have to do. I have to do this incantation. It's taken me years to do, and you can just do it for everyone. She's like, how did you do this? Like, I want to know. I had to explain that to my mom. My mom was like, um, she was like, so, so Catherine Hahn is like, better witch not as good and like mom no it's just Catherine Hahn is like studied. She's been around for a couple hundred years. She knows like, she, but where Wanda just, she just has the power and doesn't know how to use it or control it. No one's taught her, which I have comments about when we get to our um, predictions. Yeah. It's, it's Salieri and Mozart. Like it's, it's the person that it just comes naturally to and the person that hates that person. Yeah. I think it was, it's, it, it's, it's very interesting because um, I don't think Agatha is the main villain of the show. Um, I, think, I don't think Agatha is a villain at all. I yeah. think we're going to find out that she's quite misunderstood. Yeah. 
But he um, read a lot recently um, <laughs> of the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Agatha is not a villain. She's and then she's literally she is known in the comics as Wanda's mentor. And right. I would be really surprised if this ends with her being that's it. She's the villain and it's over. Um, I really do think she's going to team up with Wanda in the end and help to battle the White Vision or whatever it comes to be. <laughs> Jared says Agatha might be the hero except for killing Sparky. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that is true. Like they, 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 she killed a dog, and for a lot of people, understandably, that's an unforgivable thing. Right. Well, I mean, but not now for Jamie. Jamie's like, kill twice, the- kill three of them. I don't care. She's called upon the curse of John Wick, so he's going to come in now. He doesn't stand for that shit. Multiverse of madness! Right, exactly. It's the, it's the Doctor like Strange that. and the multiverse, like that, of, the multiverse of studio contracts. That's what this <laughs> is. It's just going to be everyone like finally going, you know what? Sure, just take the property. Unless it's like what Zenny said in uh, Sparky was the villain, and so she killed it knowing that uh, she had to save everybody. <laughs> what i like that theory and because when it comes to my love of dogs versus my love of Catherine Hahn, sorry Catherine Hahn wins you can kill all the dogs you heard it here you can kill all the dogs jamie there's if you're running for political office that's gonna be used against you just so you know there it is yep oh no dun 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 okay. not alcohol in this mug guys I love this. Castaway Studios says Infinity War would have been a lot shorter if Thanos killed John Wick's doc. <laughs> done. Game over. Done, done, done. Yeah, I, I think um, I what I loved about that was, again, also in that episode, you got more fleshed out of Wanda's backstory, getting to see what happened when she interacted with the Mind Stone, seeing that vision haha of of herself like as fully realized and just learning that she's had this ability that was and further enhanced uh by the mind stone and um obviously that wonderful scene between her and vision as they're sort of growing connected but then also seeing agatha being like oh shit i know what you are (laughs) this is this is bad (laughs) this is i'm gonna say this this is the only this episode was the only episode that really left a uh moments of it not the whole thing left a bad taste in my mouth okay because it was like the writers were like you know what we haven't taken a nice giant exposition dump on people for a while so let's go ahead and just do a big steamy exposition dump and everyone's just gonna have to sit in it because the some of the dialogue felt so when when Catherine Hahn was in the cell with Wanda and she's like so encounter with the infinity stone this and this and this you know caused something that would have died in the i'm like all right we get you don't have to physically explain the thing we just saw like (laughs) there was so much exposition basically taking the hand of people who don't get it and being like all right we're gonna go ahead and walk you through this you dumb dumb i didn't see it like that i didn't didn't see it I, I get what you're saying, but for me, it was like, it was really diving into uh, an aspect we don't get to see a lot in Marvel. Um, and I've said this many times, with the exception of maybe Iron Man 3, just someone's like 
reaction and, and trauma, like these poor Marvel superheroes really go through it. And we don't get a lot of um, explanation into why that fucks you up. And I, and I didn't think of this episode as like an explainer of exposition. I thought of it as an explainer as to why Wanda has mentally shattered. And, and, and to I'm me, fine with that. Are you? No, no, I, but I, I guess you're talking more about the like those lines, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, like I, I, I loved watching, like I loved seeing where Wanda had come, and the the one line of exposition I didn't mind was when one when uh when um Agnes said Agnes Agatha Agnes right yeah Agatha Agatha whatever when Catherine Hahn said uh parents dead brother dead vision dead like when she was going through that i was like that's that's a powerful thing where she's pushing uh 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 wanda to to that mental breaking point to get her there um that i love but i would have loved just seeing i'm a big fan of the show don't tell so like show it to me i don't need the the explanation of what i just watched i think that was the part i'm like okay this is for the people who aren't committed like they're doing this to bring everyone along i get that but i don't i just don't don't need that show it to me and then move on to the next scene i think that i we could have packed a little bit more in it's fair it's a fair it's a fair observation one of my least favorite things is when a movie flashbacks to things you've already seen in the movie and that is something xx the wolverine origins movie does it's like i'm watching you do not need to flash back to moments of this film i've already seen that drives me crazy yeah. Well, it makes it's like, oh, you think it's stupid? Cool. It's like some movies. I think like that. Um, it's a little different because, but but it's like they really treat you like you're dumb. You're right. Well, I mean, that's that's what they think. I think a lot of their fans is like, ah, these these dumb shits aren't gonna remember what happened an hour ago. Let's show it to them again. It's like you really you really don't have to do that. Like. <laughs> You really don't like what I've said this before. I'll say it again. One of my favorite moments in a movie theater is I was in my hometown watching Inception. And when it was done, I stood up with my friends and my family. I'm like, man, that was good. This woman behind me goes, I didn't understand shit. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, listen, this isn't the movie primer. Okay. Like this isn't that complicated. Like it's dreams within dreams. And she's just like, I don't fucking get it. Like just with the, just a real hick accent and everything. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like this is, <laughs> But that's 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 how that's how you know they probably look at people like that lady's not going to get it. We want to make sure that she pays her fifteen dollars to get in there because we don't want her to feel dumb. But they sack right. her because they're playing to the lowest common denominator, right? Instead of other people are like, "Hey, you have brains," you know. <laughs> Jared goes, "That lady probably lost her mind during Tenet. A <laughs> lady probably didn't watch Tenet. <laughs> not again, Chris Nolan. Not again." <laughs> Uh-uh, not today. Uh-uh. But but I'm very curious because I have absolutely, I have racked my brain. I can't fucking come up with one plausible guess at where this is going. So I want to hear from the expert where you think this is going, Jamie. Well, Justin, what I think is, um, oh, my bad. <laughs> That's right. We got a real expert here. <laughs> Am I? Um. I've never been one to like I'm not a big like guesser of things because I I don't know I just because then you get disappointed um but what I think is happening as I said earlier I don't think Agatha's really a villain um I do know in the I do think that Billy and Tommy are gonna die 
Um, Good. Because they get. Abs- I know that if. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler: dad- Doug hates kids. <laughs> but we know in the comics it's kind of weird, and it all comes like a lot of people think Mephisto's showing up, and I think that if Mephisto is a thing, it's going to be like a post-credit kind of like Thanos in the first Avengers movie. Um, oh. but there's like a big absorb, like the twins get like absorbed and it's all magic related. And I think that they're going to die, but I also think that we're leading to young Avengers and that they'll come back just like they do in the comics. Um, and, and be a little older and be a part of this new Avengers team with Cassie Lang and Kate Bishop and all that. Um, and I think that, um, it's going to mentally break Wanda even more and that is going to lead into Doctor Strange 2 because in the comics Doctor Strange also helps her after a breakdown and and you know and I think that that's where we're headed um and my hope is that they don't kill Agatha because but also in the comics Agatha is like a ghost half the time um even like she dies but she always comes back and chats with Wanda so I feel like that Marvel sees how much we all love Catherine Hahn and they're going to be like we're gonna bring her back as a ghost or something so she's gonna be a force ghost is what you're saying because they own that property too um yeah i think that um it's gonna be i think that um, i hate to say it because i love vision and i love paul bettany's vision but spider-man far from home takes place eight months after wandavision and we saw him in the schools in memoriam um and, you know, maybe we are just going to keep white vision and then he's going to have to slowly relearn him, you know, his self. And maybe it's going to be like a Gamora situation. Um, but I don't have high hopes that Vision's going to exist beyond vision. And that makes me sad. Is white is white vision an actual element in the comics as well? Um, I don't I don't know. I don't remember all the details, but basically um, he comes back as the white vision and he has no memories or anything of himself. And there's even like this has been going around on Twitter a lot. There's like a panel of Tommy and Billy being like, Daddy, why are you white? Um, And I think that that's so that could be what we're leading into or but the way that that the end credit scene set it up is that it might just be the villain. And a lot of people think that when Paul Bettany was like the big cameo is someone I've wanted to work with my whole life. Was he just talking about himself and like the vision (laughs) vision thing? Um, So I think that that's all a possibility. Um, But I I really I don't think that I think in Doctor Strange 2, I don't think Tim. Uh, Tommy and Billy will exist at that point. Again, they're going to come back. I have no doubt. Um, but I, and people like, I think there's going to be a big bad reveal in the post credits or at the very end. And Mephisto seems to be the likely one, but who who knows? So I love the fact that you brought up, I, cause I, again, my mind did not go there. And I love this, the, the young Avenger, like with Kate Bishop and uh, um, what's Ant-Man's daughter. Um Cassidy. Cassie Lang and uh, these two. Yeah. I just like, and it makes so much sense if they've got all these, these shows coming out that could then parlay. Cause this is the first time that the shows and the movies have been directly like straight up directly intertwined. And so they could easily use this as the springboard. That's shockingly. I'm very excited about this. Um, yeah, but like there's no way that's not what's happening. Yeah. And that's why 
Emma Furman. I feel so bad for that kid. She was cute and so good in Endgame. And then they're like, no, since it's clearly that they, they're they going to expand into Young Avengers and they wanted a big name. So they got Catherine Newton. That's her name, right? Who I like. She's a great actor. I don't know if you guys have seen Spontaneous, but I highly recommend no. the movie Spontaneous. It's okay. very good. Brian Duffield wrote and directed it. And he also wrote Love and Monsters, which is great. He wrote Underwater, which was fun. Like he's having a career surgeon, this guy named Brian Duffield, who I really recommend checking out his stuff. Um, but um, I get why they like recast, but they didn't even tell Emma Furman. She found out with the rest of us. And I just feel so bad. She's so young. She's like 18, 19. And she thought she had this like great future in Marvel. And then they just recast her for, for no reason other than she wasn't that famous. But they don't need that in Marvel. You don't need a big name at this no. point. And I just feel so bad for that kid. She's just so young. And like that's going to fuck her up forever. Like that's like a really shitty thing to do to somebody. Yeah. I agree. Um, so let me ask you a question. Are those kids real? Like, are, are Wanda's kids real? Because they were manifested in this environment, and we see that Vision isn't real. So it's sort of, you know, poured out of her soul. But are they are they real? As Monica says, they are real. They're her children. She birthed them. Um, but I think, I, I wish I could remember the specifics because it's all so weird in the comics. But um, I, I think it's revealed that the, the all the things with the chaos magic um, and somehow Billy and Tommy were born um, because of Mephisto or I, I'm so not 100% right. But there's something like at larger play, which is why they are able to come back later. But I do think that in the comics, if I'm not mistaken, I've read so many recently and they're all blending together, um, is that Agatha is a part of the reason why they're, they she takes them out of, of the thing. But I think, yes, they are real. And I actually, um, do I have this comic here? Yeah. So Young Avengers, The Children's Crusade, which I haven't read yet. Um, it's on my list. It's it's about Billy and Tommy, uh, Wiccan and Speed, um, thinking that Wanda's their mother and, like, going to try to find her. And, like, so I, that's what I think is coming. Mm. They're going to disappear. And then when they're older and when they're officially Wiccan and Speed, then they can be, they, they'll figure out where they come from. And it's Wanda's magic that would kind of make sense uh, two things one it's strange that the sword director lied about what wanda did right he said that she came in and stole vision which is not true so (laughs) so uh you know obviously he's suspect uh he wants to you know he's totally cool with killing wanda um but it would make kind of make sense with Mephisto. I know that's the big whatever, and it probably won't happen. Everyone will be like, what the fuck? But what? Because he makes deals with people, right? He makes deals with people. That's his whole thing uh, for souls and all that sort of shit. So it would make sense that in her grieving, you know, she would somehow make a wish or do some sort of thing to, to make this happen. And perhaps that's, you know, what is going on and, and everything like that. So maybe she asks for the power to be able to do this or whatever. Who knows? Um, for which for what made this happen, but you you made a good point about the timeline because this is like what, how long after Endgame? Like it's, it's a week or two. It's really short, and we and so we know this takes place many months before Spider Man. Yeah, and everything seemed okay in Spider Man as far as we know. Obviously, we're not focused on the other stuff that's happening, you know, because he's dealing with what we're he's doing. Too okay. 
think eight months into um, uh, into the blip, you can start going on school field trips to Europe. Uh, that's but. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, I, I, I love <clears throat> that movie. But but it is like really eight months later and like this back to normal. I don't know. I've seen the leftovers. Things are pretty good for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that uh, people were pretty down in the dumps to say the least. You know, cults rose up, new religions. Like, yeah, it's like uh, two percent of the population, not fifty percent. That's actually a really good point. You're right. Like, it's even more. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, which, by the way, also I loved the uh, the blip when it came back dealing with uh, Rambo and like seeing her just sort of like oh it was so cool piece back together it really humanized what that would because in Spider-Man they just go Boop, and they're back and everyone's like oh the band is in the gymnasium now but this one it was like hospital panic no one knows what's going on everyone's like running into each other like that sense of chaos was really like powerful to me and having you know her be like where's my mom it's like she's dead she's like what no it's like Picking yeah. up right where she remembers leaving off, but five fucking years have passed. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and I cannot I'm wait because I think similar to what they did with, you know, the attack on New York and how that permeated so many things like the defenders and that world. I, I'm hoping that this blip will have long-term ramifications. I mean, again, you kind of, you kind of hear that from the director of sword where he's like, you don't know what it was like the last five years, like people disappeared and we had to make do. And now just because you're back, that doesn't mean that everything's hunky-dory. Like, we, we had to make sacrifices. We had to do things. And I, I'm wondering how that... Because imagine what that would be like for an entire generation of people. Half, yeah. of the, half of the world is gone, and then they come back. It's like there's this disconnect, this thing that happened where... You know, it's like that's one of my favorite moments in Endgame, too, is when Scott Lang comes back and he sees this kid riding his bike. He's like, hey, what happened here? And the kid looks at him with just this dead, just dead eyes of like what the fuck man look around like how do you not know what's going on and that's the thing that has to permeate society so you make up a good point i haven't thought about that till now jamie but the idea that everyone's like we're going to venice like <laughs> look after one year of a pandemic what where we're at so right? about five years of people just straight up disappearing it's like man this fuck th you this other asian boy's hot now and he's gonna steal mj from me. it's like that's what they're worried about now to be fair maybe that's what's in high school kids minds you know what i mean maybe it's through the lens of simplicity you know exactly i i, I that movie's great and i do think that's how teenagers would handle it but i think in terms of school going on a european vacation seems extreme yeah right well, who knows I mean, uh, you know, uh, but but I am. But the the episode four is with the uh, Monica cold open is the episode I've rewatched the most because that like hit, and that's that's the drama I've been waiting for. And I think that there's nothing more horrifying than the blip come in the in a hospital. Like oh, there was yeah. no better way to to show the chaos and drama and horror. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also lets us realize also the other like sort of implication is that there were people that disappeared in airplanes in midair and those people came back and they're dead like the well, I, I have an answer to this because i tweeted this because i thought the same thing i was like what what do you mean those people are dead and and someone sent me a quote where kevin feige did say specifically about airplanes hulk considered that so anybody who was like in a 
precarious, dangerous spot, he Hulk made sure they blipped back safely. Awesome. Um, because because I, I had the same question. Um, so uh, apparently Hulk took care of all those people. Well, that's good. Thank God we had a we had a a, a genius with the uh, genius level uh, Hulk with the uh, the snapping. That's. <laughs> We're all very lucky. It would have, you know, and I I really don't want to see this because it would be boring to see. But I am really curious, like, when they're considering before they snap, like, what is going through their mind? Are they going through a checklist? They're like, all right, anyone who was blipped away in the last five years, check. Anyone who was in the air or in danger, get them to safety, check. Like, you know, same thing like when Iron Man's like, I'm going to snap away. It was just like, get rid of Thanos and his army. Done. Boom. You Like, they all disappear. They all fade away. Like, what is that? What's that contract like? You know, is it like you kind of go into the Infinity Gauntlet and there's like all six stones are like, all right, welcome to uh, welcome to the trial. Uh, present your case. Uh, it's just like it goes on for like years within that time frame with with the stones and they're sitting there just right. going like all right do we get everything it's like on to the next issue uh we have uh children who are playing in the street uh where would you like them to go like just they pull out the giant contracts they're like all right section 68 subsection four and that's why when you snap you're almost dead because you know? inside you're like kill me so this will be over you know Hulk, Hulk definitely did a lot because he says later that he tried to bring that back uh, right. when he did the snap so you know like he had a laundry list in his head of things right. he was trying to make happen also so, tacos i'm hungry right <laughs> don't even say i'm really hungry <laughs> but that's actually a good point because i imagine he would have again he's arguing he's like i want to bring this one back he's like sorry uh her life was forfeit in order to have this stone so that's that's off the table you know he was you know like that case just they're like sorry we were overruled you can't do that you know so Oh no! Again, that's just like one of those nerdy logistical things I think of, like when I watch the movie Zootopia, and I'm like, "How do all these animals exist? What's their economy like? I mean, does every place have to be accessible for small rodents as well as elephants and stuff? Like, how does this work? What are bathrooms like? When you're building stuff, being up to code must be an absolute nightmare. Like, you know, I start wandering down these really insane places, and my wife will bring that up and be like, please don't go to Zootopia on this. Like, I don't, I don't really want to think about it. I'm like, but I'm curious. This is where practical Doug kills magic. Yeah, that's where I kill it. I'm like, well, I mean, let's consider for a moment, you know, the labor. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't all small rodents just want to use leftover resources from the larger animals? Because it would just, why build so small? Like, I don't know. I just start going in very weird places. It's the cost of living is much less for a rodent versus a large animal. So is what's the pay like? Is there a discrepancy? Is that fair? You know, it's crazy. You know, it's uh, crazy up here too, Jamie. I get you. It's 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 an it's own a tough place to exist up there. It's a tough really, place to be. It's a tough yeah. place to be. You know what? You know what's another tough place to be? What's that? In the middle of the arena, known as. Welcome. Down. We did it. Nice job. We got Great there. transition work, Justin. <laughs> As always. So, Doug, you ready? Let's do it. All right. In honor of our guest, this week's throwdown is between the Olsen sisters versus the Mara sisters. Now, first things first, I know there are three Olsen sisters and there are two Mara sisters. So, do we even the playing field? Do we only do 
Mary Kate and Ashley, but it seems kind of crazy to leave out Elizabeth, you know, at the same time. Are the Mara sisters twins or just sisters? I think they're just sisters. (laughs) Jared goes, the who? Uh, (laughs) Kate Mara and Rooney Mara. You know Kate Mara from like uh, House of Cards? And actually she was in Iron Man 2. She was in Iron Man 2. She Um, served Tony the Papers at the beginning of the movie. And then Rooney Mara was, I think, um, in the how to not how to train your dragon, the girl with a dragon tattoo. <laughs> how to train your dragon tattoo? Very different movies. Very um, no clue, no idea. Jared, I, I, Jesus, Jared. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah, it would depend who's where because if we're just doing MK and A versus Kate and Rooney, I mean, I I, th- I do think that the Maras have a bit of a. Um, more of a advantage because MK and A are very tiny little smokers. Smokers. But if you are, um, my favorite thing in the history of of celebrity gossip is that Mary Kate's wedding had bowls of cigarettes on the at the reception. Every table had bowls of cigarettes. What is this like? A <laughs> prison? Amazing. A prison raffle or something? <laughs> We're playing oh, prison no. bingo. Who gets all the cigarettes? I'll say this though about. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'll I'll say this about the Olsen, uh, the Olsen twins, is that when you've had the kind of life they've had, they've seen some shit, and they're 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 scrappy. They're they come to play like when you got that like old school like cocaine heroin shit going on through your veins, and you got you know allegedly allegedly, sure, and you've got. (laughs) I mean, the they, Maras are weird. Well, that's you don't marry Joaquin Phoenix for being normal. Wait, which one married Joaquin Phoenix? Rooney <laughs> Mara just had a baby with Joaquin Phoenix. Did not know that. Good and to they know. Named him River. They named him River, though, which is really sweet. Oh. Really oh. Um, but here's the thing. Like, oh, like, like you're talking to the world's. Like the I've said this many times, the Olsons are my royal family. When I was a little kid, Full House was my favorite show. I was an official member of the Mary Kate Nashley fan club. Um, I st- the only VHS is I tweeted the picture the other day. The only VHS tapes I've saved in my life. I have all my Mary Kate Nashley VHSs, and and um, and Elizabeth Olsen has now become my number one crush, my favorite actress. So like you can't at, like yeah, the Olsons are gonna kick some fucking ass. Um, but the Maras would give them a run for their money because I think that take Elizabeth out of it, MK and A versus Rooney um, and um, uh, Mara. I don't know, it's like they're all fucking weird. <laughs> all of it across the board. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, I think, is the only semi-normal one. Uh, they're all weird. Um, my, <laughs> my, one of my strongest Kate Mara memories is her being on the red carpet for I think the Golden Globes with Kevin Spacey pre Kevin Spacey stuff is they were so clearly drunk together and like Kevin was like being very like flirty with with Kate and it was so obvious that Kate was like bearding for him that night and uh, it was like very clear and but like if you're bearding for Kevin Spacey you're a little weird if you're <laughs> You're having a baby, you're a little weird. If you're having both, if you're Mary Kate Nashley and and you grew up like that to the point where now you don't want to be around any 
public light. You're just having your little fashion show and you show up once a year to the Met Gala in your weird witch gowns. You're a little weird. I'm excited to see this showdown because it's going to get sloppy. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if all four of them had mutant powers that we didn't know about. And that's the moment where they all come out. Like absolutely. one of them turns into a werewolf, you know, like <laughs> one of them just like has claws come out of their forums, like Baraka from Mortal Kombat 2. Like just one of them is a vampire. Like, I don't know, man. Like they all of a sudden it's just like they reveal themselves because they're like, we are mortal enemies. And now that we are... <laughs> set to fight each other let our true forms be realized and they just one of them actually knows how to do magic like just like starts <laughs> shooting fire bolts and shit out of her hands like i i would not be surprised if that were the case <laughs> i'll say this i think that again the maras i think are um they're they are not tiny twigs like they are regular sized people who could probably do some damage <laughs> regular but- sized people <laughs> That being said, I do think that the Olsons uh, and the shit they've gone through, I would not want to encounter either of them in a dark alley. Yeah, Am you I know. correct in thinking the Maras are, are, are the Maras trust fund kids? I could be wrong. Someone I, Google this. Um, <laughs> I think that the Maras might be like rich have some rich privilege there which i think will tone you down in a fight i think that'll lose you some scrapped points mm-hmm. like i could be wrong but i think that they might have the maras have money when you had to build your empire think, there's a whole different that's a whole different ball game yeah when you're literally nine months old and you start building your empire <laughs> like you'll no wonder they're messed up like they literally started at nine months that's- legitimately um, cuckoo that doesn't mess up anymore i think that they seem to be doing well uh, so in the chat, as Doug's looking this up, Jared goes, if someone told me that the Olsen twins had murdered a man and covered it up, I'd believe you. <laughs> According to SF gate, uh, from the, the most daily, trusted source, most trusted source, uh, from their blog on November 1st, 2011, Rooney Mara, the, 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 the headline is Rooney Mara. I'm no trust fund baby. Uh, but apparently Mara insists her ring a recent string of good luck has nothing to do with her football loving great grandfathers. Tim Mara, founder of the New York Giants, and Art Rooney, founder of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, revealing That's all of her accomplishments are born out of hard work, not her lineage as an heiress or a trust fund baby. There's some, oh there's some wealth, there's some wealth there, you know. Yeah. That's and, and you know that's fine. I like good for you. Um, but that you grew up in a in an easier environment. Yeah, it's not to say are that they related you, to Andy Rooney at all. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's that's not to say that they don't work hard and, you know, they haven't trained or, or whatever done their stuff, but it's, you know, it's the idea of privilege, right? You have money, you have resources. It, it, it applies to some to some uh, comforts in life, okay. you know? Also, yeah. Um, the Olsen sisters have a brother, and I don't know if they're... You mean Trent? Trent Olsen? There's, there are seven Olsen siblings in total. Well, there's James, because Elizabeth James is the name of MKNA's fashion company. Okay. Um, so Elizabeth James, Mary Kate, and Ashley are the four. If there are more than those four, there's Trent for sure. Right. Yeah, there's Trent. <laughs> no one ever Trent? talks about Trent. Trent is the eldest Where? Olsen. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. And then there's one more who we don't speak of. Yeah. But there's seven total. 
It about rolled deep in, that, in the Olsen group. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the Olsen roll up. Families together. Like maybe if it's like a huge family match. Because once you get Joaquin in there, like he's, I- I'm sure he's doing some weird fighting <laughs> shit. Uh, it's just like a whole family battle. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, as soon as the thing is, when you br- it's, it, we we talked about this in a previous episode. There's there's this concept of the skeleton king, which is when someone is like leveled up beyond belief and they're just unbeatable. That's Trent Olson. If you bring <laughs> Trent Olson to the fight, you're lose. Anyone else loses the fight. Yeah. Period. Hard stop. I think if we're sticking with Mary Kate and Ashley. I, I give them the edge. I think for uh, the the thing is they're twins, so they obviously have a cyclic link to one another. Um, in some ways, they remind me of of the sisters from The Shining, you know, that are standing in in the hallways and things like that. I just feel like there's this effort of communication and and connection that can't be beat. And there's just, as Justin said, they've seen some shit. And uh, you know, like I said, if if they were to join hands and start speaking like demonic tongues and you watch their eyes turn to completely black and they sort of like merge into one giant being and they just start like their voice drops and they start you know spouting out the necronomicon and summon cthulhu i believe it i believe that they could do that you know we are the olsen twin yeah right i wish my voice mod was working because i would do a fun voice uh to do that and it would be really fun (laughs) but alas it's ruining my life but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's the uh it's the olsen twins yeah, I'm Team Olsen Twins always, forever. Olsen Twins for the win! There you have it. There you have it. A wonderful throwdown and a wonderful guest, Jamie. This has been an absolute delight. Uh, always fun to chat with you about anything and everything. Uh, uh, Marvel, comic book, nerd stuff. Like You're wonderful. You're well-versed. You're an expert. And uh, we appreciate you. Um, so this is the part of the show where uh, we want to make sure we get everything promoted for you. Anything you got going on. If you have any recommendations for people, whether it be podcasts, uh, movies, TV shows, comic books, uh, plug your stuff and make any recommendations to anyone that's out there. All right, here it goes. Um, as I said before, Hollywood already did it. Is my uh, Wandavision through a lens of sitcoms podcast, uh, Phase Zero. I remember the time uh, Friday. Check us out um, on Twitch at noon Eastern. Um, we'll be talking about the finale then. I assume I'm on it. Maybe I won't be, but I'm pretty sure I will because it's my works podcast. Um, and and then uh, recommendations. I know that a lot of people have been talking about House of M for WandaVision. And um, and my biggest recommendation for you, if you want to read House of M, read Avengers Disassembled first. Um, both are important in terms of, of Wanda's journey and, and a little snapping a bit. And starting with House of M is like starting in an advanced textbook without getting any information. So I would recommend that. Also, um, the this if you, like the Vision and the Scarlet Witch um, combo is like, is very informative their backstory but it's also very 80s so it's like some of it's a little hard to get there because it's like super old the vision is an amazing 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 comic book um that uh stylistically wandavision is very clearly modeled after not story-wise but um but in that regard and it's an amazing comic and i just started um um here i'll remove some stuff um the Scarlet Witch collection uh, by James Robinson, and it's from a few years ago, and 
I have a feeling it's going to be my favorite comic book ever written once I get through it. Wow. It's real, like just visually beautiful, and it's just all Wanda. Um, and it there's like some some Wanda retcons that become important because of this. Uh, so those are my big my big recommendations, uh, comic book wise. Uh, if if you're looking to like further explore how they got to where they are in WandaVision, I I miss going to the library because I would go to the library and just check out comic books nonstop, and I haven't done that in well over a year and. God damn it, I missed that. So you just swatch you pull all that stuff out. I'm like, ah, I gotta find a way to go back there and get some comics again. It was so much fun just exploring could, that shit. Probably just drive there and wear a mask. Or just do what I do and go on Amazon and buy them. But <laughs> yeah. A lot of the stuff is what I liked about going to the library is I'm like, I would just wander through the comic book section and sometimes I know what I'm looking for. Sometimes I'm like, this looks interesting. I'll give it a try. And it was kind of fun just to be able to take a risk and see what it was all about. And uh, yeah, I got caught up on a lot of cool stuff doing that. So awesome. Well, you heard it here from Jamie. Check out all that shit. Uh, Justin, what do you got to recommend? Uh, I'm going to recommend the movie Minari uh, with uh, Steve Yoon. It is out finally on uh, streaming for rental. It is beautiful movie. Uh, so, so well uh, written, directed, acted, filmed, everything. It is. It's just a gorgeous movie. I, I really loved it. It's a much slower pace than anything we've talked about today. Uh, there's not a lot of action in it, um, but a uh, gorgeous story, um, and it, it deserves every award uh, that it is going to get and every award that it missed out on getting. Um, so <laughs> please check out Minari. Um, and uh, you can listen to uh, the podcast. Um, oh, it's called The Business. The last episode, the most recent episode, uh, they interviewed the the writer, director, and one of the producers uh, from Plan B, and uh, it's really interesting to hear them talk about it. So please check that out. Doug, what cool. do you got? I recommend uh, there's a show on Amazon Prime called Zero Zero Zero. Um, I'd highly recommend that. It's uh, it's about it's very character driven story. It's essentially just a quick synopsis. Uh, there is uh, three parties involved. There's the mafia in italy there is uh american smugglers and there are mexican drug suppliers uh the mafia is ordering uh five tons of cocaine and they are using american brokers to ship it and their american brokers are getting it from mexico and it follows these three concurrent stories within these three parties and you might be like oh it's another drug show the drugs exist but it's the characters that drive the story and it's a really phenomenal show and i think it's only eight episodes uh on amazon prime you should check it out it's amazing it's really really good i heard someone else recommend it i'm like i'll check it out immediately i was like cool i know what i'm doing this weekend i'm finishing this show so i highly recommend it so Awesome. Well, also, don't forget to check MindGap out on all social medias at MindGap Podcast. Uh, also, like and subscribe uh, to our channel on YouTube. We post all of our videos there as well as highlights from the streams. And don't forget to check us out at twitch.tv slash Podcast, where you can watch the podcast live and join in with all these other cool people and chat along with us and provide your comments. And then also check us out on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central for the video game live stream, where you can come hang out and watch me fumble around and fuck up some games. Uh, Justin, you also exist digitally as well. 
That's true. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm just watching what's <laughs> happening in the chat right now, and it's very distracting because Slotty and Jared are having a battle of wills, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, Jared keeps bringing up Superman Returns, and Slotty keeps banning him, and that deletes everything Jared has posted. It's amazing. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the On That Room, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Verbal, Podbean, all the places. Uh, subscribe to us, like, rate, review. Uh, the big one is sharing. Just copy the link, share it out to your social network, and let everyone know, hey, these idiots are fun. You should probably listen to them, too, because then we can talk about how stupid they are. Uh, and then... 2East8th.com slash MindGap and 2East8th. Uh, just keep an eye on all of our social medias because we've got projects coming out and other things and blogs and good stuff. Uh, we're releasing uh, videos with our blogs now too. So you can, you can see this mug talk to you about camera Ooh. shots. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Now we're talking. Uh, once again, Jamie, such a pleasure having you. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and, and be our expert. Anytime. Awesome. We'll definitely be bringing you back soon. <laughs> uh, so to that, I say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Uh, Twitch, thank you. And listeners, thank you. I got distracted by the stupid chat again. These guys are just nonstop. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.